Welcome to Culture Couch, a pop culture podcast. Ooh, this smells lovely. Ooh, good. I'm glad. I just grabbed these at a random store. Yeah, so I actually don't always love grapefruit, but I love the smell of grapefruit. Like, grapefruit is a great smell. Yes. Like that it fresh. Very fresh and nice. The first time I ever had a, a fresh grapefruit was mm-hmm. at a friend in high school's grandparents' house. They drove up from like Arizona and got a bunch. Yeah. It's actually Mariel. It was her grandparents. Oh, cool. And I was like, what are you eating? Because I've never, I never had seen one. I like seen it in drinks, you know, and stuff, but. Yeah. My grandma always had grapefruits and I would like want them and then she'd be like, okay. And she'd cut it open and I would try it and immediately regret it. You got to put sugar on it. Yeah. She did. After, I think she, after I tried it the first time, she put sugar on it so I could eat it. But yeah. yeah. It's because they're intense. They're just very so bitter, tart. very sour, but yeah. What have you got over there? So I got Citrus Siesta, sorry, this can is hard to read, Golden Ale Brewing with orange, lime, and salt, mm. which it just interests me having a beer with salt. And it's Cigar City Brewing, which is from Tampa, Florida. And I don't think we've had any Florida beers. Yeah, I don't think so. So I've had a lot of like Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, Idaho stuff. So mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, I'm sick. I was thought I was saw the content, but I can't see it. This can is really hard to read. Look at, like, you can see that. It's like this teal on this orange. It's a really cool can, though. It's a really pretty can. It's just really hard to read. You'll see it in the picture. But I'll give this a tasty taste. I can taste the salt at the end. Oh, really? But not, like, you know when you put... like, bad? You know when you, like, you have salted on, like, salt on chocolate or something? Uh And it, like, enhances the flavor? Yeah. It's the same with this. Oh, that's nice. It's actually pretty good. Interesting. I've never, like, tried a salty beer before. I, my expectation for this was going to be, I don't know, like a five. Oh, really? And I'm giving it, I'm going to give it a seven. Wow. Like, I I would drink this again. I like it when beers get, like, a little bit experimental with their flavor. It's always fun to try different things. Just things in general, drinks, non-alcoholic, alcoholic. Just I like when just people experiment with flavor. Especially with food. Just food yes. in general. Yeah. What do you have over there? I have a Great Divide White Water. It's a ruby red grapefruit hard seltzer. Nice. I'm not sure where they're from. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're from. Great Divide Brewing Company. Probably should have done a little. Oh, Colorado. Denver. Oh, there we go. Good old Denver. All right, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of grapefruit flavor, but we shall see. Grapefruit can be good. It, I think it's a really good second flavor. Well, that's actually really good. Is it? With it being very cold, it's very fresh. That's very good. nice, lovely seltzer. You can't go wrong with a good seltzer, honestly. Can't go wrong with it. What would you rank that? Um, honestly, I'd give this a 7.5. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good pretty day. solid. That's, that's a really good seltzer. That's a good day, too, in Especially a row. for it being grapefruit. But yeah, not bad at all. Good I'd be brand. curious to see if they have other flavors, because I'm sure they do. They did have, they had two. One of them was mango, and I know mm. you hate mango. Yeah, not um, a fan of mango. And I can't remember what the third option was, but the third one was warm. And ah, that's also 5%. That's good. So it's yeah, that's pretty strong. Good. Um, I'm going to apologize early. I get a little over a cold, so I sound a little different than i usually do that's okay my voice is a few octaves lower yeah i've i feel like i'm going through puberty again right now (laughs) with it just i don't recognize my own voice being lower Mm -hmm. um so i just sorry everyone 
for it's all right. they'll get over it. They can hear you. That's good. Well, let's go have a seat on the culture couch and then we'll talk. Keep, we'll talk. All right, let's do it. Uh, okay, this week, first, let's pop culture on the radar. What do you have? Uh, I am a little or a few weeks behind, especially because it's like popular or it's been talked about already. But I, and I don't think I talked about it last week, but I am notching Squid Game. I don't think you did because we didn't do pop culture on the radar last week. I keep week. wanting to say Squid Gate, but it's Squid Game. Squid Gate. Is it? Yes. Okay. That's the um, Asian. It's a Korean drama. Korean drama. That's, yeah. um, I've heard it described as Hunger Games meets Um So something. just to kind of briefly summarize it, it's uh, a bunch of people enter themselves into this game where they play a bunch of games from their childhood that are games that we all have played, like um, Red Light, Green Light. Oh, okay. Um, actually, that's the only one that I can think of. Uh, Tug of War, things like that. But there's a lot of other ones from, I'm sure, from Korean culture. So it's like that, schoolyard games. Yes, exactly. Like backyard schoolyard games. And they're all they're all adults, but they're trying to compete for money because all of these people are in an obscene amount of debt. And so they're trying to oh. get out of debt. Okay. And so it's basically just like, how far are you willing to go to get money to get yourself out of debt? So they and have... it's just crazy shit that happens the is whole time. Is it reality or is it... Is it reality TV or is it a, a drama? No, it's it's a scripted it's show. It's a scripted show, okay. Yeah, because it's horrendously violent. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, people die left and right. Oh, that's um, fun. Okay, yeah. how do you like it? Uh, how do I like it? Yeah. So far, I'd give it an easy 8 out of 10. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard, like, a little, not, like, exactly what happens in the end, but I've heard that the ending kind of pissed some people off, but I feel like that just always happens with shows like that. It's their first season. I don't know if they're doing a first season, but I do know that I think it took or it costed them like, I want to say like 25 million to produce the show, to make the whole thing. And it has gained or Netflix has gained 900 million from this one show. And it's the most watched show on Netflix ever. That is nuts. I, I wonder how Netflix calculates that. And it's because... by word of mouth. It, there has been no promo for it. Nothing. At least I haven't seen it. It could have been. Um, like there might be more promo for it in no. Korea, but I feel like they're a little bit more strict with the kind of stuff that they put out, but, or what they'll promote. But Netflix yeah. is weird. Cause when something gets going, it just like Tiger King last year, obviously not as big as this, but it was put on there as a joke mm-hmm. and it just exploded. Yeah. So much that they're getting a second season of that trash. Uh, I want to know what happened. Nah. Um, yeah, so definitely check that show out if that's up your alley. If you like, um, like mystery, like crazy things that happen, it is very, very violent. And I will just tell you that now. But yeah, if you're okay with that, 10 out of 10 would recommend so far, at least. That's good. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I've been yeah. worried to do it because I don't like shows with a lot of subtitles. Yeah, I mean, it's just because I get tired. Yeah, it definitely tires me out a lot more because I read through it, but I also have heard that the dub, like the English, because you can watch it in English dub. I heard the dub is bad. But yes, I've heard the translation is weird. And so it is just wacky. And that the voice acting just for the dub is cringy and not good. So I just read it, or I'm reading through it, which is 
fine. But like you said, it's pretty tiring to read through it a lot. So I end up dozing off because I only watch shows late at night anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I'll have to check that one out. I um, can do a throwback for mine. Okay. And it's because recently, uh, well, like the past, let's see, it would have been three days ago, I think Alec Baldwin uh, was on set for a new show that he's filming and a gun accidentally went off and killed someone and injured somebody else. Yeah. Which, this is the second time recently it's happened in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I'm at a point where I'm going, if you're having fake guns on set, how do you have live bullets on set? Yeah, if they're supposed to be prop guns. I mean, I don't know, but I just assumed that prop guns were not real and could not be used. But I also knew that they do load the guns with blanks so that they can be as realistic as possible. So prop guns basically are real guns. Yeah. Like a 9mm prop gun shell is the same size as a real 9mm shell. Mm -hmm. But it's loaded with a blank. So there's not a bullet. So you could put one in, Mm -hmm. even though it's a prop gun, not a real gun. Yeah. Now, have you ever ever shot a prop gun? No. It feels weirdly similar. To a real gun. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, which I get why they want to use in Hollywood to get that kick. Mm-hmm. You know, the the recoil of the, the pistol. But, like, I just, I don't get how it happens. Like, people are getting paid millions of dollars to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, prop masters get paid a lot of money. And yeah. their job is to make sure that the props don't kill people. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's just it. Is I was reading, on, reading up more on it, and it there was some things that had come out that said that a few of the crew had left, had walked off set because of how they were handling it just in general. Yeah. And because they were uncomfortable with their work environment and how the protection and safety was being handled. So they left and they ended up hiring a bunch of Joe Schmoes who basically just didn't really know what they were doing and half-assed their way through the like safety and making sure that their guns were not like in any like a risk to the cast and crew. And then recently too, I read more on it that there's more detail. The director who was actually the other person that got injured. He had said that what happened was Alec pulled out the gun to show, basically demonstrate how he was going to do X, Y, and Z for this one particular scene. But he pointed the gun at the camera to show the camera and it went off. So, he did he pull the trigger or is- I, mean, I would assume he'd have to have, but it's a prop gun. He probably wouldn't have even thought that it would have gone off. Yeah. Or I was also curious. I'm, I imagine the prop guns probably don't have like safeties as much as like a real gun. Yeah. So I could see like the pin accidentally triggering on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I have no idea, but yeah, I just feel like we're at a day and age now where, like, shouldn't we be able to use, like, yeah, you can use, like, a metal gun for to feel real so it looks real in the hands of the actor, but the rest you can of CGI the sound and the, or not CGI the sound, but you can add in the sound and sound editing, and then you could add a CGI well, gun flash of a bullet. They don't even use the sound. Yeah. They CGI sound in anyways, mm-hmm. because what they... Because a gun is realistically too loud to be filmed. Yeah. So what they'll do is there'll be like a firearms guy who will go and they'll record the set up all a bunch of a sound equipment and a guy will like fire a gun at the same intervals or whatever. And they'll record that mm-hmm. and dub that over the movie. So yeah. like the sound of the gun you're hearing isn't even that isn't gun. Even like a live recording of the gun. So 
I don't, I just don't get it. And movies are good enough. You don't actually have to point the gun at somebody to shoot. Right. Because usually they're not on this film at the same time. Cause it's like facing you and then it cuts to face you. Like it's face, the camera's facing me. I have the gun pointed at you. Exactly. You're not even in the room 99% of the time when I'm just saying my lines to some Joe Schmo mm-hmm. and you're doing the same thing, saying your lines to some Joe Schmo, pretending that you and I are talking to each other. Well, and if you want, the to like emulate the kick of the gun to be realistic make your actors go to a shooting range shoot the guns they're going to be using in the movie and have them feel what it's like to shoot that specific weapon and then they can they're actors they're paid to do this they can then go back and then recreate the kick of the gun by themselves they don't need to fire off anything or have them shoot at a a shooting range with a green screen behind it and cut them in yeah put the camera to the side well, green with certain with certain scenes, you, that's probably really hard to do. Like especially in a chase, like they make millions of dollars. I don't care. Like I don't feel bad. The best thing that I think they should just send them to a shooting range and shoot the weapons that they're going to be using, and then just have them fake the kick. It can't be that hard. I think it would be pretty hard to fake a kick. No, not after you've shot it for a while. Like you send them to a gun range and like gun safety and all that for like two weeks, they'll be able to do it. That's true. And then you add CGI in the on fucking top. Marvel actors are acting in front of a screen for 90% of their work and yeah. they can make it look good. So anybody can, you can figure it out. Yeah. With enough technology, enough time mm-hmm. and they have money. Like they have the money and resources, like find ways to make it. So guns are pointed at people when you pull the trigger, if you're going to pull the trigger. And if not, if it has mm-hmm. to be pointed at someone, fake it. And if you're going to have a gun on set or a prop gun on set, don't use a real gun. You can still have a metal gun fabricated yeah. for the movie, but it, just don't let it be like just operational. It can't be used. Don't give it a freaking um, chamber. Yeah. And why are you putting a live bullet in the gun anyway? Like, that's what I don't understand. That's where I get confused. Like, how are those on set? Like, I get that, you know, some movies have like firearm people and some movies have like they have real firearms that they'll shoot like real bullets mm-hmm. and then they'll have you know, prop guns. Like, those should never be on set at the same time. Yeah. I don't get that. Anyway, so I was thinking about Alec Baldwin, and so I was thinking about 30 Rock, so I was watching some 30 Rock recently. Okay. And I love that show. love it. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, anyone, and you like uh, those 30-minute comedies that are quick, fast, Tina Fey is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the greatest writers of all time and most creative minds of all time. And Alec Baldwin just fits with her so well and the two of them together are just natural yeah that's awesome it's one of those shows again i just haven't seen it's a comedy sitcom i just you know how i am with those there's a couple scenes that are i there's one scene i gotta find i'll send you that you don't have to have any context to and it's just so funny yeah one of these days i'll give it a try i'm sure um let's talk about what just happened all right the time has come, everybody. I have made Andrew watch a real fucking scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> I made him watch Hereditary. And it didn't take a lot of convincing. I thought it was going to take a lot of convincing and teeth pulling to get you to watch that movie. Like, well, cause I know that I've talked about it and you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, but I didn't think it was almost your idea last week. Well, I just was like, okay, just get it over with. <laughs> I, that's partly it. And also, we have talked about it on the show on the on the episode, previous episodes, mm-hmm. and we've had a listener that was like, "I want to come and watch the show with you." And I was like, "And she did, and she did." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, we're watching it Monday at this time," and she was like, "I'll get a babysitter. I'll be over." Sweet. And you know, it's fun to 
like, so to me, I was like, you know, if we can have someone who wanted to come watch a show with us, come watch the show with us. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it. And it's also filmed in Utah. And I'm kind of a sucker for movies filmed in Utah. Yeah. That, that honestly was one of the reasons why I felt like you would be willing or more willing to just because it's filmed here. Yeah. It, yeah. As an element, like the funeral, when it's panning down under the ground, uh, Charlie's funeral. Yeah. And if you haven't seen this, you're going to get the word going spoiler free. Yes. So sorry. If you are going, we probably should have put a spoiler warning in before, but yes. Um, spoiler warning from here on out. If you don't, if you plan on watching this movie and you haven't seen it yet, you might want to skip ahead probably 10, 15 minutes. Maybe we're going to be talking about it. Um, yeah. Here's your warning. So I think, yeah, that shot where, so Charlie's funeral and it's showing the Wasatch front and it's painting down. I was just like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cool. Yep. Just seeing like Utah. And, like you just see that and you're like, that that's my home. Yep. And obviously all those scenes are filmed up in like Park City, Sundance area. Most um, of them, yeah. You know, uh, Heber probably a little bit, but yeah. So that was that was really cool to see. Just a lot of obviously it's Utah, it's where we were from, and so that made it cool. But it's really weird to see cars with our license plates. Like part when they went to the art supply store and they were walking through the cars, like all Utah plates. Oh yeah, you just don't see that in movies. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. I was too focused on the crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. Being yes. ultra huggy. <laughs> so, first impressions. What are your thoughts? Uh, kind of a mind fuck. Yes. I don't understand the ending, okay. which is probably what they wanted. Obviously, he became king, whatever, and the whole purpose was to get him king. And when Charlie early on was like, she wanted me to be a boy, that is why, because king his bucket wanted to be in a male's body yeah it was highlighted in the book and so i was like oh that's why right yeah but it is a mind twist confusing and it is pretty suspenseful yes um so when she goes to her the first little meeting that we see where she's like it's a recovery for losing a loved one yep she's talking about um, her mother and how, um, well, and her brother as well, who were her older brother. So he was diagnosed with schizophrenia or was, they told her at least that he had schizophrenia and he was like, before he ended up killing himself, he was going on about how his mom was trying to put things inside of him. Do you remember her saying that? Yeah. Yeah. And But, you know, they just ruled it out as schizophrenia. So then you think, at least this is for me when I first saw the movie. So immediately when I saw that, I thought, oh, they might try to make this seem like it's going to be some horror movie. But really, it's going to be about her and her struggle with her mental health. And maybe she has schizophrenia, too. So the whole time, for the watching the movie the first time, I didn't know what was real. Because of, it's from the mother's perspective. And so... You're like, is this just like one of her schizophrenic episodes? Like, what's, what's and they going talk on? about her sleepwalking issues, mm-hmm. and then she's in like weird places at weird times. Yes, yeah. So they do a really good job at making you think maybe this is just an exploration of uh, mental health, which is really cool. And the title of the movie is called Hereditary. Mm-hmm. So family with schizophrenia. Uh huh. Yeah. And then, so she had mentioned that 
the or the brother had said that he was putting his mother was putting spirits inside of him or trying to so he ended up killing himself because it drove him nuts yep and then anyway time goes on the grandma passes away and the grandma's always been a very private woman but yeah so what was what was confusing i guess because once the funeral happens basically shit just starts going downhill from there i guess movies like that i don't understand like when there's a cult leader all of a sudden like mm-hmm. are they in charge like there's no like what are they doing right so, so also in that meeting um annie had mentioned that she became estranged from her mom and wouldn't let her near peter yeah peter is her firstborn son um and wouldn't let her near peter finally when charlie was born charlie is her daughter she decided, okay, I'm going to let my mom back into my life and started kind of letting her be around Charlie. And then she said that she put like her, sunk her claws into, into, into Charlie and like would not let her go and was really weird about it. So the end, when Peter falls through the window and you see that little spirit thing like take over. Yeah. It's from what I understand is that it's Charlie, but. They were trying to put the spirit of Pyman into Charlie from the very beginning. Yeah, because they said Charlie. And that's why she's like a little bit strange. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they even say at the end, they say we got rid of the lesser body of the female and gave mm-hmm. it to And we you. gave you this new uh, healthy male host. Yes. Yeah. But they were under the impression that Charlie was Pyman the whole time. So they just put Charlie inside of Peter and that Peter is Pyman. But... Like, is it actually Pyman? And did they just do all this shit and put Charlie inside of Peter? And now they just are kind of back at square one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But what I love so much about this movie is how much foreshadowing there is throughout from start to finish. Oh. First of all, there's the symbol. It's like the necklace. These three heads, it looks like. Kind yeah, of. it kind of looks like three figures. Yeah. Um, But you see that everywhere. Did you notice it like throughout the movie? Oh, it's all over the place. Uh-huh. So it's the necklace. It's was on. It was etched into the the pole. Yep. That caused Charlie's death, and then it's just seen throughout the movie. It's on the book, in just the, random places. I think yeah. it's carved on the wall at one point. Uh huh. That's painted in blood at one point too. Yes, and it was also on the embroidered thing that Annie was going through yep. when she pulled it out, and it said Charles on it because how and Charles. No one in the family was named Charles. But because the grandma wanted so badly for Charlie to be a boy, that I think she just kind of counted her chickens before they hatched and made one with the name Charles on it. But that one had the symbol on it. And the other ones didn't. And the other ones didn't. Interesting. Uh, the pacing of the movie was interesting because it was really fast. Until, you felt like it was fast? Until some people that I felt, oh, okay, keep going. Until Sorry. Charlie dies. Uh-huh. And then it slows down a ton. Yeah. And then it picks up the second she lights her husband on fire. Not sorry, the seance. Once the seance happens, oh, it starts yeah. going really fast again. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of quick, first 20, 30 minutes, long hour, a, and then fast yeah, 30 really minutes ish at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is differently paced for horror movies because mm-hmm. usually it's just slow, 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 slow. Last 10 minutes, everything happens, and it's crazy, which is how um, Scream is. 
Yes and For no. the most part. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, there's the people that get killed throughout the movie. But yeah. if you think about it, there's like only five people that get killed, I think. Mm-hmm. But they, they, I feel like they pace it well enough that it doesn't feel so slow. Kind of like the second one. I feel like the second one was pretty slow. So, so, and then really fast. Yeah. But that's just kind of how I feel like a lot of, at least slasher movies go, is they go really, really slow. Uh-huh. And then they slowly build up, and then everything happens at the end. It's the big climax, and they kill the killer or whatever. Yeah. And it's just over. But this was different, way differently paced than any, almost even any suspenseful movie I can think of. Yeah. Well, just for right off the bat, it's longer than most horror movies are. Most yeah. horror movies maybe are an hour and a half, maybe. Even like modern horror movies are kind of on the shorter end. And this is a full two hour, seven minute movie. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, because I think I remember talking to you about this before going into it, but what did you think about the camera work? Oh, great. There's a couple times I got confused. Because they there's the dollhouse, uh-huh. and there was one time it was probably three quarters of the way through the movie, and it looks like the dollhouse, but it's like a shot yeah. of the house. But then she walks in the hall and starts walking up the stairs, and even with her walking in it, my mind could not flip because I was so convinced that it was a dollhouse mm-hmm. because they were going back and forth, they were using these the dollhouse in between scenes. Yeah. And it was in between two scenes. And so my mind was programmed at this point to think, oh, it's the dollhouse. It kind of looks like the dollhouse. And then even though Annie was walking down the hall, my mind was like, well, I could not grasp it. Yeah. So that also added to the whole um, idea that maybe the movie was just an exploration of mental health or of Annie's mental health. Because throughout the movie, you're watching her paint all these scenarios that have just happened. In- yeah these little model home things. So you're thinking, are these things actually happening or is she just painting it? And we're just seeing it from her perspective, looking into the model home. Like, this oh, little doll that's house, a good, right. Idea. Because then she's I don't, almost like she's just coming up with this entire thing in her head. So that's where I thought the movie was going to go. And then it completely doesn't go there. Like probably three times. I feel like the movie had a direction change for me. Like I was like, Oh, this is where this movie is going to go. And I was like, Oh shit. Because Charlie just died. Like, nope. Then it goes one different way. And then I thought, okay, this is what I thought it was gonna actually going to be about Charlie being possessed. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the movie. I think that's what everybody thought when trailers kind of were creeping out. Because this movie didn't have a ton of promo. And the cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, Charlie, it's Charlie's it's face and Annie's her face. And Charlie. Yeah. It's not her and Peter. And freaking Charlie gets her head chopped off like, mm-hmm. like 30 minutes into the movie. And whoa. Yeah. I did not see that coming. That whole scene, just in general, is so anxiety-inducing. Because right off the bat, first of all, you know she's allergic to to nuts. Yep. Just from the funeral. Because when she's eating chocolate, the parents kind of freak out and say, that doesn't have nuts in it, does it? So you already know, okay, she's allergic to nuts. That's probably going to be important important later. Then there, this party comes up, and the mom weirdly insists that he takes her to the party. Which, first of all, do you think that... You like that Annie was in the right to force him to take Charlie when Charlie didn't want to go. I here's what I don't get. She probably knew that there was going to be drinking at that party, right? Mm-hmm. Annie did. Well, she she said that she's, she's like, like bullshit. That's a crock. I, just will you be drinking? Is what yes. I'm saying. Or, yeah. And so, and. I mean, it's this is hard for me because I didn't. I, I grew up in a culture where no one drank, mm-hmm. so I don't know what like at what age is like. Eh, if a seventeen year old's going to a party and you know they're going to have a beer, that's one thing. But 
I guess I personally feel like if I was sending my 17 year old to a party where I knew there were most likely was going to be alcohol, I wouldn't want my 13 year old there. Right. So I don't get why she was forcing Annie to go. Well, especially because 13. I mean, Charlie to go. Yeah. I don't know how it is in any other parts of the world, but in Utah, or I guess in the country, but in Utah County where I grew up, 13 year olds are still in middle school. Yeah. So she wouldn't be in school with Peter and all of his friends. So she wouldn't know anybody at the party. Yep. That and was another thing. Like, so why would you force her to go? I mean, that's seventh grade. That's like pretty young. So yeah. I, I don't think anywhere would be high school even. Mm-hmm. That might be eighth grade. She could get away with being an eighth grader. But still, yeah. an eighth grader going to a high school party? No. No. She's not going to fit in. She's going to be uncomfortable. Well, just Charlie in nature. She's not going to fit in with anybody because yeah. she's just she's kind of weird. A little strange. So I always thought that that was just right off the bat was very weird because she's forcing both of her kids into the situation that neither of them want to be in. She's making Peter take Charlie. She's making Charlie go and Charlie doesn't want to. They could have changed it to make a little more sense, like pretty easily where she was like, hey, you need to go spend time with your sister because your grandma just died. Here's yeah. some money. Go take her to a movie. Uh-huh. And then she's and then like, he uh, takes her to the party after. Yes. Or instead, they're like, nah, let's just go to this party. Yes. And he just kind of drags her there. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, I think that would have made more sense for the character of Annie. It, that, I, I'm a, that's, I, I agree. That is one big flaw that just didn't make sense. Yeah. Cause she had no reasoning saying like, you need to take your sister cause your dad and I are gonna go to on a date or anything. It was just yeah. like, it was just, did you ask your sister if she wants to go? Well, no, because she probably doesn't want to go. Yeah. And then even when she says she doesn't want to go, she's like, you're going. Yeah. Forces her to go. So at that point, it's like, well, is she just trying to get rid of her kids? Like, what's the deal? Um, and then you cut to the party. You walk in, or they walk in. The very like one of the very first things they make a big deal about is the girl chopping nuts on in the mass. Counter. Yeah, tons of them. And you're, wh- I would like to know what teenager is going to be chopping nuts at a party to make a cake to to make a cake. Yeah, like you're going to have the cake made one. By the time that everybody gets there, or it's going to be store-bought. You're not going to be making a cake. Most likely store-bought. It's just probably for the plot, I'm sure. Yes. But you see the nuts, and you're like, oh, shit. Here we go. Right? Also, wouldn't Charlie know not to eat nuts? Uh, no, like, because the cake wasn't... Um, Like, the nuts were probably baked into the cake. I feel like you could see, like, little brown... like. Yeah, she's also 13. Yeah, I, I feel like 13's old enough to know, like... Like, you, you know, not to have nuts, especially for allergies that bad. Yeah, like, because I had friends in middle school that had, like, some pretty bad allergies. To you also have to keep know. in mind that she was very uncomfortable at the party. And True. She, you could you knew that she liked chocolate because she liked, she had a big old bar of chocolate at the funeral home. Yep. So she probably resorted to the cake just to get away from the chaos going around her because she just wanted to escape it. Yeah. So she just thought, I'm going to eat this cake. So I think that might have kind of clouded her judgment there. So then you know already it's going to be a shit show. And then the brother goes into the room, gets higher than a kite. And then mm. immediately, right when he takes a huge rip off of the bong, she, comes, she in. comes in and she's struggling to breathe. And then all hell breaks loose. I don't think the driving really is his fault. I mean, he's doing... No, like, he had no choice. Because he didn't... He probably knew that she didn't have a pen or an EpiPen. So he had to take her to the hospital. Well, and he's driving and he's like driving pretty safe, but there was something in the road. Yeah. There's the dead Well, deer. he was driving really fast. But you would... You, that you I would, would be that. driving really Your fast. Your sister is dying in the backseat. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would be driving pretty fast. Because if she didn't 
stick her head out the window, she he'd be they would have been fine. Yeah, because he. But she was just trying to breathe. Yeah, and I guess in her mind, fresh air made it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or something just to get any kind of air. But yeah, so he swerved to hit a deer and miss a deer, missed the deer. But by doing that, he overcorrected and got close to a. Yeah, too close to a telephone pole and... Her head. And that telephone pole became friends. Yes. And then from the, there on, it's just... Chaos. Just chaos. Well, chaos, that's chaos. where it slows down. Mm-hmm. And then the chaos starts again when the seance happens. Yeah, because then the mom is like, I need to talk to Charlie. And so she tries to bring her back. But by doing so, just causes a lot more problems, right? The acting all around in that show was great. The family, the four that played the family were... Yes, they were all great. The dad, like how you said, how you made a comment kind of early on, you were like, he doesn't seem like he's very important to the movie or going to be very important. And I was like, well, no, he's like the rock of the family. He's just like a dad. And like, they did a really good job at showing him trying to keep everything together. Yeah. Because everybody else was just losing their fucking mind. And I can see why he kind of was like at a point with Annie where he was like, get your shit together or I'm taking the kid out. Uh-huh. Like, and we're leaving. Yeah. Because. So then when Charlie dies... Peter starts having a bunch of, like, he keeps seeing her and starts, like, having all these yeah. weird dreams. And so that's, again, what made me start thinking, oh, maybe this really is, it, like, made me jump back to the mental health thing and the fact that it's hereditary because maybe Peter is also, also schizophrenic, schizophrenic and it's just this big They're all thing. Schizophrenic. They're all just, it's just showing what, you know, can happen. So that's made me just bounce back and forth with so many things. I kind of, I, I was I thinking, have no idea where it was going. I was thinking that too, too, until Annie was possessed and flying around the house. Oh yeah. Cause then it that, turns into an actual horror movie. Yeah. You're like, Oh, Oh, this is where this is going. Yes. So that part of the movie, that's where this is going to sound weird, but that's where I like lose interest, mm-hmm. not lose interest, but like the suspense goes away because the scary part is not knowing what's coming. And then once you're like, Oh, these are all the people that are possessed. So I'm really glad that the scenes of them being like possessed was probably less than 10 minutes of a two yeah, hour movie. It's really hard. I think for horror movies to execute a, a scary climax. I think it's just really hard. For Cause once you know what's, what is causing it, it's, or who's possessed. Yeah. It almost becomes less scary. Um, oh, yeah. Like, so fast. Like, mm-hmm. once in Scream, um, it's a, kind of an easier example, but when Billy takes off the mask, mm-hmm. it, it's way less scary. Yeah. Because you're facing it kind of with the char- the main yeah. characters of the movie. So you're like, oh, okay, this is what it is we're facing. This is how we stop it, you know? And, like, once it was like, oh, this is going to be Peter versus Mom. Now, then it got weird. So it went from, yes. like, suspenseful to horror movie to fucking weird. Yeah, it like makes you go through all these things that like at the beginning you think, oh, it's just this crazy weird drama that's very, very heavy, and then it gets really suspenseful, and then it gets really depressing, and then it gets really scary, and then it gets weird, and then, and then it ends, ends and, and you're like, like what? what just happened to yeah. me? And like when Annie's cutting her own head off in the attic, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, how do we get here? So she had, like, some kind of wire around yeah. her neck, and she was, like, you know, sawing it off, which I don't really know what that's about. Other, the only thing that I can think of is it was probably wire to cut clay, because she molds the little dolls and stuff. I was thinking it was a piano wire. See, a lot of people thought that, too, but I don't know why, why you would jump to that conclusion. Well, because the piano was all effed like, up in the basement. Busted up. Uh, okay. That makes sense. So that's why I was thinking the piano wire. Okay. And um, piano wire could definitely do that, like, if you tried hard enough. Yeah, it's strong stuff. Yeah. 
So I could see that's where I got piano wire, mm-hmm. but I could see also the clay if she had like clay stuff. Yeah, you know, but I mean, either or, mm-hmm. it's freaking weird. And I just love how Peter's just like, I'm done, and he just jumps out the window. Yeah, and he's like, see ya. And then all the naked people that just start showing up left and right, which they're all part of the cult. Yes, all in. so I get they're part of the cult. I don't get why they were naked. That was well, weird. It's to me. just I think to add effect to the weird the suspense and the weirdness to make you uncomfortable but also it's pretty common i believe anybody can correct me if i'm wrong that's listening that like in pagan practices nudity at least in old times nudity was a big part of it but joan wasn't nude but that could be the actress because she was the only one who wasn't yeah so it could have been the actress and she's older so maybe she just didn't want to you know I don't know. I feel like they could have found someone that would have wanted to. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and they, you don't even, they don't, they could have done her without showing anything, too. Because you only yeah. see, like, her arms kind of, like, pat, like. Like getting the crown off of yeah. the statue. and you yeah. see the sleeve. So they could have done her naked. Uh-huh. You don't even know it's her. She also could be kind of more of a, a higher figurehead in the cult. True. And so maybe that's why she was dressed. So I don't know. I, the creepy guy. Who just he has two scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see in my dreams tonight. Yeah, the but everybody that you see naked that you like actually get a close up look. You saw them somewhere in that movie. Really? Yes. Everybody that you see in that house at the end, you have seen them somewhere in the movie. So the rewatchability of this movie is also really great because there are so many little details that they put in. So many that you just pick up on new stuff. He's the only one that stood out. Yeah. And then I guess the other one I probably could catch pretty quick is, you know, the lady at the beginning that's across the street uh-huh. saying something. You're like, what is she saying? Well, she waved to Peter. Oh, or, yes. Or waved to Charlie at the beginning. Yeah. And that was the one she also waved because nobody did anything. Nobody moved. Everybody who was naked in, in the house and around in the yard, they all just stood there. But she did the same little wave. Yeah. So, so you she- knew that that one, you know, you saw her. And then everybody, there was a few people at the funeral home who were there. I remember so, yeah. that guy, but I remember seeing that guy. Mm-hmm. The been, woman that like walked over to the body and like did something to the grandma's lips. Yeah. She was there. It would have been cool if one of the teachers. Yeah. Or like someone that like had like maybe a spoken line, like only one. Yeah. Maybe someone from that meeting that she went to. Yes. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe there was and we just didn't see or didn't notice. Good movie all around though. I liked it i mean it's horror movies i feel like if you watch too much they're not scary anymore i like if you watch if you watched hereditary once a month uh-huh. eventually you're like i know exactly like oh i've seen it probably five times now and i it's not scary to me anymore but the first time i watched it i wouldn't even say it was scary it was just it was it just plays so much on your anxiety yet yeah, like Cause it's uh, very situational so the like when we were doing that podcast and we we're talking about like those stories, mm-hmm. that is way more like. And I've even had people tell me that they had to pause the episode and take breaks because yeah. it was like too intense. Yep. And like for two days after that, I was in a weird headspace. Like I was like in a fuck. Yeah, it's kind of weird when you like to pull yourself back out of that once you like dive really deep into that hole. But this movie didn't do it. Didn't do that for me because. Mm-hmm. 
there was so much going on just a a crazy drama movie for the first like 45 minutes yes exactly you're like what is going on i don't like this little mom is just nuts like Uh that's honestly what i thought yeah for a while and they did such a good job making you think that the mom was just crazy Mm -hmm. and and then i was like well no i don't think so like it's a horror movie so maybe not i was like but man that would be a good twist if they didn't do that. I don't know. I was all over the place. Yeah. And I just was so, I was so invested. I remember the first time seeing it, like I need to know how this movie fucking ends because the acting was too good for this just to be another B horror movie, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's Sundance, which I feel like they do yeah. better sometimes at this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. there isn't the pol- the, the political agenda and the, the norms that like you have to follow and the rules of movies. Sundance is like, yeah. If you write a good movie, Sundance is just, you write your movie. Yep. So. And they, that's just, you take it for what it is, a face value, and that's yep. that's it. That's what you got. So, now all that being said, and the movies that you've watched over the last few weeks, because unfortunately, Spooky Season is coming to an end. Spooky Season Part 1. There's going to yep. be a Season Part 2 next year. Oh, I mean, it'll be a spooky season, season every year from here on out. As season long as we're doing two. this podcast, we're going to have a spooky season. Yeah, but, I mean... This season, season, yes. season one of Spooky Season is rounding up. We should have broken up our episodes like that into like season, like episode 35, season one. That might yeah. be too much. But anyway, it's a fun idea. But yeah, how has your opinions on horror changed? Because I tried to give you like pretty different horror movies to watch. We had, we've had a variety because we had Scream, which uh-huh. is just... Which, granted, now that I think about it, I only had you watch one franchise, one other one, and then Hereditary. But we watched... That's three movies, though, that I made you watch. Yeah. Well, five. Three stories. Because Scream is three movies. Yeah, that's true. So five movies. I got a lot of movies in Mm -hmm. three weeks, essentially. Yeah, yeah, where you live farther away. Anyway, yeah. What are your thoughts on horror movies now, or has it changed at all? I... I mean, I really liked Scream, and I'm mm-hmm. like, kind of sad that I'm saying that because I didn't think I would. Yeah. Um, like, I really liked it. Yeah. I think it's just more in your area of, uh, like, the things that you like and the, your, your area of interest. I feel like it just yeah. kind of plays on that a little bit more than most. Um, we still need to watch Scream 4, but I just wanted you to watch Scream 3, or Scream 1, 2, and 3. 1, 2, and 3. Because they're the important ones. For it's basically a standalone. I I did like Hereditary, but it did feel like um what's a good term? It it did feel like um a, a thriller. Yeah. So it's kind of more along the lines of a thriller, I would say. It's a, until the last like it's a horror. Minutes, it turns into a horror. It's like sure. a horror thriller. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I like horror more now than I did three weeks ago. Yeah. The right horror. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you told me to watch, like... From here on out, I'll... Like, if we ever watch more, which I'm sure we will, um, I'll kind of make sure I pick out ones carefully that I know that you will actually enjoy. Not just watching it because, oh, it's a horror movie. Andrew needs to see this. Yeah. Which is what I would like to do, but... I mean, we're safe. We won't do that. In three years, we'll get there. Yeah. And I also... I like the variety of different types of horror being spread out throughout the month rather than like, we're only going to do slashers. Like I like mm-hmm. how we did a slasher movie. We did an eighties, like a throwback. And then we did like kind of a modern suspense, like actually scary movie. Yeah. Um, 
So I liked kind of having it spread out like that. And now with horror, with now that you've seen Hereditary, the horror genre, I feel like now has kind of made this shift that they're doing a lot more artistic horror like Hereditary. So did you feel like that was more of an artistic movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, some of those camera shots, when they did the seance, which was so cool the way they did it when it's the chalk mm-hmm. and the camera, the way the camera spun was opposite of what it normally should have been. Yeah. Um, they were going, let's see, they were going clockwise away from the chalkboard, which normally on something like that, they would have gone counterclockwise. I think I'm getting that right. Either way, they were going, oh, oh they were going one way away from the, the chalkboard, but normally in like a suspense, they would have brought the camera in a circular motion or even just zoomed right in on the chalkboard to like kind of get that, but they were spiraling away from it. And like, just that change alone made it so different because you're just so used to like, oh, they want me to see this and like target in on this. And they because were like, I think they want you to feel uncomfortable. And I think yes. that was Ari Aster, the director. That's his whole point is to try to not have like some crazy over the top gory movie that's in your face. It wasn't that and, bloody. No, there's a little bit. I mean, the face. It's, still, it's very graphic for sure, but it's not like bloody over the top bloody at all. But he just wanted to do something that just grabbed your attention and then made you really uncomfortable, which makes me more hopeful now for midsummer that I think you'll really enjoy that one. Cause it's, it's basically the same. Mind and, twist. It, and the subject of it is something you are way fascinated by. So I think you will really like it. Oh, okay. Um, the one thing I did like about hereditary on my mind, I did not, or did I did like, okay. The whole movie doesn't take place at night. Yes. Like there's, like some suspenseful scenes happening during the day. Mm-hmm. And I like that because it's different. I actually want a horror movie and I was going to actually, I kind of want to say this for my unpopular opinion, but it's not that unpopular. I want a horror movie that takes place during the day. Like yeah. the whole movie. I want it to be like it, the shizzy stuff starts happening at like 9am and the movie ends at 8pm same day. Like mm-hmm. I want a one day horror movie that yeah. takes place the whole day because that would be, so different than anything else. Mm-hmm. But they did a lot of day stuff in there. Because it just makes you feel like nothing is safe. Nowhere is safe. Because the daytime is always safe when it comes to horror, right? Yeah, you're like, ah, oh, sunrise. When the sun comes up, it's fine. <sighs> We're safe yeah. for a few hours. Yeah. So that's why I think it's really fun when they do th- or do things like that during the day. Because it's just, you don't have anywhere to hide. Yep. So, yeah, that makes me excited and hopeful for the future of Andrew's. There'll be more. Horror for sure journey yeah i've thought about doing a horror novel Ooh, i actually haven't even read that many scary books or horror books maybe i'll find one and give it to you i bought that one that i wanted to read for iceland but it's it's written very very weirdly and i just have a hard time getting into it are you more of a physical reader or a listener oh i have to read it because i'm thinking about buying that six-part series where um very goddess sega because I listen to it, and I just want to have a copy of it, but mm-hmm. I also want you to read it. Yeah, I very much am a visual reader. I cannot listen to an audiobook. Granted, I've never tried, but I just don't feel like I would take away as much. Yeah, I have to do it in the right settings. It has to be like yeah. when I'm doing yard work, or I have to put myself in a situation where I can... Where you can listen to that. Yeah, but I'm yeah. busy enough... That I won't like start doing something distracting, but the busyness is mindless. It's busy. kind of mindless busy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like busy. I can't get distracted, but I, yeah. But like, I think if I tried to do that while I was driving, I'd just fall asleep and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't good. I, I can listen to a lot of audio while driving. Yeah. Um, 
where were we at? Oh, horror. Yeah. How your just overall, how your view of horror has changed. I enjoyed it. I'm actually looking forward to Halloween more this year. I think because yeah. of it. We've done a lot of things for Halloween this year. Yeah. To make it feel like it's this thing. And I just cannot shake the feeling. The first time that we watched Scream 1, when all of us were just like getting all the shit, we picked all the treats and the snacks up from the kitchen upstairs. And we made like this little train and we just went downstairs. It just felt like we were in a horror movie. Yes. And it just felt so cool. And also it was a combination of a horror movie and being in high school again. Yeah. Which yeah, you're yeah. getting together with your friends to watch a movie. Cause mm-hmm. And that's what I think horror has that a lot of movies don't. Because you want to get together to watch it. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that with any movie, obviously, but there's just something more special about horror that does that. When everyone's scared together. Yes. And it's just funny to listen to people, how they like react and handle stress differently. Mm-hmm. And like, what happened? Oh, in the attic. Oh, no, no, no. I can't remember where there was something in this and Mariel was just like, wowzers. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like, but like how I feel like you and I are very different. We're very quiet. Like we just have to process everything that's happening in front of us. Yeah, like, but like some people have to use their words because they just don't know what else to do with themselves. Kelsey's very much like has to like comedy herself out of the situation. Yeah. Like at all costs. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very impressed that she stuck that movie out. I'm shocked. I thought she was going to quit. Yeah. Uh, man, so many things to look forward to. So now that we've talked about that and the whole fascination with horror, I kind of want to do this as like a little bit of a follow-up to our first episode that we did this spooky season, which was the fascination of horror. Now, the reason why I wanted to do a follow-up, did I mention the responses last week? Yeah, you you, you let us know that. It that was I'm a f- dumbass? I wasn't, I was going to put it in, it was a failure on the podcasts. Yeah. Um, well, here we go. I found all the responses and thank goodness we can still access all of them. So this is kind of relevant. Well, it is relevant because I was talking about Andrew's fascination with horror, if there is any, which I feel like it's starting to ignite. You planted like a a little seed. Planted a little seed and it's starting to, its roots are starting to take. Yeah. And it'll kind of go into dormant until Mm -hmm. next Halloween. It's this, it has to be seasonal. I'm going to make you watch Midsummer before the end of the year. And then we can call it good. I feel like we got to do that in midsummer, though. But we can do it maybe by the end of the year. That's not till June, though. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I'll make you watch it before the end of the year. Anyway, so I found all the responses. I'm going to read... Fuck it, I'll read all of them. There's a few of them. They're very short. But I pit, or I put a question on my personal Instagram asking, if you were a fan of horror, why or why not? So I'm just going to go through and read all these. Um, because... I'm sure they were looking forward to hearing their responses, and they didn't, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> and we just let them down. And again, I'm just going to use first names. Um, I'm sorry if you don't want to use first names even, but... Did anyone I, specifically say don't yeah, use Yeah, I also them. didn't really ask, but I feel like first names are generally okay. So, again, the question was, do you like horror, why or why not? McKenna said, no, I'm a weenie. I have nightmares for days. <laughs> I'm a weenie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Josh said, am I a fan of horror movies? No. Why? Because I love myself. <laughs> I love. Sometimes they can be a form of self-loathing, depending on the movie. Yeah. Um, Kelly said, yes, because it's a controlled vulnerability. That is a very good response. Interesting. I haven't thought about it that way. It's, yeah. you're, it's vul- vul- you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a vulnerability that you're putting yourself in. And you also know there's a timer. Yes. You're and like, you can turn it off if it gets too much. You're like, 
Hour 30, started an hour ago. I know in 30 minutes I'm done. Yep. Um, Blake said, no, because they make me shit myself. (laughs) I shit Uh, my pants. (laughs) I shit my pants. Lisa said, love-hate relationships. Some are really good and cult classics. Others are just too fucking scary. (laughs) I, I vibe with that. Yeah. Um... Calvin said, hell no, because I'm a gigantic baby. It's interesting that more men are on the no and more women are like, yes. Yeah, I actually, a lot more of my female friends are fans of horror than my male friends, which is really funny. It's a, I would think it was the other way around. Yeah. But. Um, Michael says, yes and no. The stereotypical horror movie has terrible story or characters, but the ones that do it right are incredible. His favorite is The Thing. I the do. Thing is a fantastic horror movie that is also very hard to watch because it's just gross. Mm. But I, I, it's worthy of being watched because of it's all practical effects and the fact that they pulled off the shit they pulled off in the time that they made it is crazy. I I get with him on that. Or yeah. a lot of horror, it does have a stereotype of just which being, is why I love this movie so much because it broke all of those barriers that horror usually sets without up. forcing to break them. Yes. Um, Becca said, no, and we know why, because she is also a big baby. (laughs) (laughs) Whitney said, used to be, I can't handle the kid stuff anymore. I'm weak sauce, but thrillers always, um, which is actually really funny because I know a lot of people who were horror junkies, but then they had kids and couldn't. My brother is the same way. He will see some of them, but very rarely now will he actively go and watch a horror movie. But he said ever since he has kids, he just can't, they don't. Interesting. They don't sit very well. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roger said, yes, I get to suspend reality for a couple of hours and live in a world that doesn't actually exist. Also, kind of along the lines of what Kelly said, it's a controlled environment yeah. that's very different from your own. Um, Manisha says, yes, I love spooky shit. Kaylin says, yes, I love feeling scared. Um, Zach said, I was. after Again, after having kids, it's hard, though. Um, Shalia says, yes, because my life is boring. I love them. (laughs) Good enough reason, I suppose. And Jessica said, hell yes. Love being scared. The more demonic, the better. So she's a psycho. (laughs) Wacko. Um, I actually kind of like the demonic ones too, but sometimes they can be a little too much. Um, yeah, that's it. So again, I apologize for not reading those when I intended to, if you guys were looking forward to it, but Yeah. Bless you, by the way. Thank you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sneezes aren't that bad. It's fine. Better than other things. Yes. Well, thank All you right. for reaching out. Those were yes. awesome. Thank Those you for fun. everybody who responded. I'm sorry that I didn't see it. I just thought, oh, well, no one gave a shit about that question. So here we go. Better late than never yes. for us to respond. Um, now, kind of along that same lines, from day one, we've been telling people oh, to email exciting. us. this is exciting. This is the best Yeah, this is ever. really exciting. I am so This is kind of actually one of our first, or for me at least, it's one of our first moments we've had that has made me feel like our podcast is actually working. You know, like it's going somewhere. People are hearing us, you know? Someone listens. That's not just our friends who are obligated to listen. Yeah. Right? Or they just want to hear their own name. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> who doesn't? It's kind of fun. But we got an email from someone from Mexico who was listening to our podcast in response to something that we had brought up in our last episode. And I'm actually going to read that very quickly. It's very short, but her name is, let's see. I got to pull it up. I'm going to go with, I'm assuming this is a nickname that she put in here and we're going to go with that because I don't want to use her real name, but her name that she put in here is Maho. 
Uh, she said, hi. So I'm listening to your podcast, episode 34, The Paranormal Experiences, and you say you've heard someone call your name when there's no one there, and you wonder what brain or what a brain specialist would say. So again, this is kind of going back on where I kind of asked the question, do you think it might be a form of hallucination where... We even refer to it as feeling like a text message. Yeah, like a, a phantom text message. Yep. Yeah. Where we've just heard our name so much being called our whole lives that we just subconsciously hear it. Um, anyway... She said, let's see, you want to see what a brain specialist would say? Well, I would recommend you read the book Hallucinations by Oliver Sacks. He explains how hearing someone call your name is one of the most common hallucinations most people have, and that's totally normal. He explains the why in detail in the book and other interesting stuff on how the brain works. He also talks about sleep paralysis. I suffer from this, and his explanation helped me understand what happens during sleep paralysis a lot. Um, I suffer from narcolepsy as well, so I've had a lot of scary experiences during my sleep. I feel some are paranormal, some are not, but sleep is a very interesting topic, especially in relation to the spiritual and paranormal realm. I send you good vibes all the way from Mexico. Thank you so much, Maho. That was so cool. Um, Thank you. I will 100% read that book. Yes, absolutely. It just... It's so cool to have interaction from somewhere completely different. Someone that we don't know that just happened to hear us. And I love a good book recommendation. Here's this. And I love a good book recommendation, especially on something that we were so curious about. Yeah. So, yes. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I think... That kind of wraps us up. I want this is mostly just going to be a quick little movie review of Hereditary because we've talked about it so much at this point. That was so. also we just had to do it. I realized we did. And that's also kind of how I feel about Midsummer. We I just got to bite the bullet. Yeah, that that one is less scary than this. Really? Yes, it's not even scary. It's just more. It's a thriller. So but even more uh, of a psychological uh, fuck. Like a psychological mind fuck to your Does head. Does it have... Well, never mind. I'm not going to spoil anything. I know. I, I realized if I... As I was asking that, I was like, that would ruin it. I was trying to figure out something, but the only way to ask it is to ruin it, so I just can't ask yeah. the question. If anything, it's going to be worth the watch because of Florence Pugh. Because she's a, incredible. Good. So, you'll you'll like it. I'm. It's If it's a lot scarier than that, I think I'll like it. And it's culty, and you like that shit. I do. I'm so fascinated by cults. Yeah. Especially because... You'll, you'll love it. This was culty, but it was only, like, the end that was culty. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't the cult... It didn't go into the cult part of it very much a ton. Yeah. Which was fine. It worked really well for the movie. But if there's a, a thriller that's about a cult, I think I might actually quite enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hate it while I watch it, but afterwards I'll Oh, like yeah, it. you might, because it's another one of those that kind of preys on your anxiety as yeah. well and if you've ever gone through a rough breakup yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay wow all right well let's just jump on into unpopular opinion shall we yes all right what you got for me all right my unpopular opinion for you i just went to a raiders game for the first time okay because my brother and i have always wanted to go see an nfl game and we're you big were in vegas this weekend yes that's where the raiders are now yeah. and that was we were super stoked when the raiders moved from oakland down to Vegas because they're closer to Utah mm-hmm. and we just like sports. You know, we like football, especially. Yeah. So we kind of put this ever since I started following Brian. Can I use his first name? I'm sure he won't mind. Yeah, he doesn't. Mind. <laughs> okay. And he, ever since I started following him on Twitter, my feed is nothing but sports. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fun. He's there. I love his banter. Cause he gets in little arguments with people. It's hilarious. Yeah. He can get to some, and then every now and then he'll get into some serious ones and those are fun. Yeah. Cause you can tell when he's bantering and when he mm-hmm. is like, 
go to hell. Well, especially because of his job, like he has a lot to back up his opinions. So yeah. it's pretty cool. I love watching him on Twitter. It's a treat. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so we did this golf trip and football, like basically mine and my brother's two favorite things to mm-hmm. hobby. So we go do this and ton of fun. And then I started thinking the Raiders bailed on the city of Oakland to move to Vegas, a better market, which I totally get. Yeah. Because Oakland city was like, we're not going to pay for a stadium to be built. And Vegas was like, we'll build you a stadium, like a brand new state of the art stadium. So like, sweet peace. They move. There is heavy rumors that the Oakland A's are also going to be bailing out of Oakland and also move to Vegas. And I just think we build these massive superstructure stadiums. We use them for a very little amount of time. So an NFL team plays, now they play 17 games, but up until this year it was 16 games. You had eight home, eight away. And so you had eight games in your stadium. And an NFL stadium is big. So you can't do like a lot of concerts there. Like, you know, it has to be big, like Metallica level, you know, like huge groups like Metallica, U2, Swift. Yeah. Eminem, like the big, big dogs are the only ones that hear can that, do it. Shay? He even said Taylor Swift. I did, begrudgingly. <laughs> but I, she can she can fill a stadium, right? For sure, yeah. And we just got to figure out a way to like better use them, or we make billionaires pay for the stadiums and not taxpayers. Okay. But also billionaires can pay for a few things here and there. I don't mind that at all. But the billionaires don't pay for it. The cities do. Oh, you're saying that you want the billionaires to pay for the fucking stadiums and yeah. not the taxpayers. Yeah. But a lot of people think like, well, it's good for the city because the sport brings in revenue and it drives people in. So like well, especially they... when the billionaires and the millionaires get all the best seats. Yes. No no one in middle class like you and I can afford to have a cool experience like that, right? Yeah, we paid a pretty good chunk of money and we were in the upper mm-hmm. seats. Because then if they built or if they helped pay for it then they have every right to sit where they sit in yes. these nice box seats. Sure. Give them a fucking suite. But yep. for the average person who I'm sure is probably 90%, if not more of sports watchers who go to a sporting event for their own entertainment, they're middle-class and they can't afford anything like that. No, even a lower bowl seat is going to be too much. So it's just stupid to me that billionaires have convinced everyone Hey, you should build a stadium so I can bring the sports team to you that I'll make a ton of money off of. Yeah. So that's capitalism at its finest. Billionaires should pay build their own fucking stadiums <laughs> or something. Then it can have it named after them and then no one will even care because they built it. And I just, and there's so many empty. Like I can think of. Even if it was the right billionaire or millionaire who built the stadium, they would go just because that person built it. Oh, yeah. Because you know how people are crazy and they support blindly whatever their idolized people are. People love to follow blindly. And I can think of three that are empty. That are 80,000 people stadiums that are sitting empty. And they get used probably less than 10 times a year for mm-hmm. something. It's just such a waste of space and money. Yeah. and It's nuts. Anyways, what do you have for us? My unpopular opinion, only because I went to a wedding reception this last weekend, has nothing to do with the, like whose wedding reception it is. Or it was. It was my cousin's. It was lovely. I don't like them. And I think they're really dumb. I understand why we do them. 
because it's fun to celebrate the bride and the groom or bride and bride or groom and groom. They should or just be whoever. parties. Right. They should. Exactly. And that's kind of what they are. But there's just so much that goes on at a wedding reception where everybody just comes, they sit at a table, they socialize. They don't even really get to socialize with the bride and groom. They just socialize with each other. Which is the only other. reason why we go there or go to them anyway. We eat food that nine times out of ten isn't that good. Dude, we. <laughs> Just had a taco cart come to our wedding. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people have stepped up their their game now. Also, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's not their responsibility to feed Me anybody. Yeah. It's just nice to have food. And it's expensive. Yes, it's very expensive. So again, I don't think it's their responsibility to provide that. It's nice that they are willing to do that. But it's just the idea of going to the wedding reception. You go, you end up socializing with a lot of people that you may or may not care about. And like, again, this weekend... I went to my cousin, so I got to see a lot of my family that I don't get to see regularly. So that was awesome. It was great to talk to them and catch up. But you didn't spend time with the bride and groom. Yeah, I didn't spend any time with the bride and groom at all. Because they're Busy. standing and greeting people, which is another thing that I think is really silly. Um, yeah, it's just this weird social thing. And then you have to watch them dance, and it's really cringy sometimes. And I just, you know how I am, a secondhand embarrassment. It's probably not embarrassing for them, but for whatever reason, I feel embarrassed for them when they dance. <laughs> Especially if they do some weird, wacky, like, bride and groom dance. Like when it's too coordinated? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. And, or on the, the mother and the, or the, the groom and the groom's mother dance and the father and the bride. That's adorable. I can get behind that 100%. My mom bald. Yeah. Of course. Most moms do, I feel. Pretty sure mine did when my brother got married. But, yeah. I don't know. I just don't like them. I. That's it. They're dumb. They are dumb. But continue to have them, please. Celebrate your your love, I Wed- guess. Weddings are odd. Yeah. The way we do weddings are odd. It's like, if you think about it, this is how we do it. We go, hey, spend a lot of money on one day so you can't afford a house and hope people bring you gifts. Or you could just spend all that money you're going to spend on the gifts you want. That's another thing, too, is the way that that has now shifted to where instead of people just like bringing the the uh, bride and groom gifts just out of their own, you know, volition, it's almost like now bride and grooms come up with this wish list that they have now on their registries. Uh, yeah, their registries. And they say like, all right, this is what we want. Like, That's it's just new. weird. Well, it's not new, like within the last like five years new, but it's new since the time of the internet. I don't having think so. a wish list where they just be like, "All right, this is all what we want." I feel like people just would bring things because that's <clears throat> what you do. Actually, no. I think you would go to stores and you would register at stores, and they would have it like internally. Do you think? I, I don't know how that worked. I'm gonna ask my mom about this because my mom very had, well could be. I and s- I just didn't really know about it much until I got older and was paying attention. I'm gonna ask my mom because I swear I've heard her talk about like how registering was different when she got married. I'm gonna ask her. It's a good idea because then they can put I or like things on there for what well, they need and you don't because get they don't, then they're not getting a bunch of shit like the same thing five different times, right? Dude, that, my sister. So it's a good idea, but it just I don't know. It feels. So my sister Greedy. got married. I don't know it's weird. Right when crockpots started coming out, and mm-hmm. she got like ten crockpots. Okay, see that that I understand as to why the registration thing is. I think kind everyone of should just bring money. Yeah, just, just bring money. It, get rid of the registry. Everyone should just bring money, just cash. Everyone bring cash and checks, mm-hmm. and then they can just unless go buy. you like can think of like some essentials that aren't ridiculous, 
like ridiculously priced that you feel okay asking for. Like, sure, whatever. A crockpot will never hurt anybody. Anyone can go to Walmart and buy a crockpot. Might not be the best top of the line one, but it'll get the job done until they decide to buy one of their own. But I don't know. I just think it's really cool when you go to a wedding reception and they say, no gifts. If you are going to leave a gift, here's give us some money for a honeymoon. Yeah, you know, I like that. so many people don't get to go because they can't afford it. They spend all their time and money trying to get ready for yeah, the wedding. Yeah, they pay all this money for this fucking reception that's over with and done in three hours. Like, yeah. that's so dumb. Put that money towards something else. You don't need to spend $5,000 on a dress. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. I'm with you. That's my thoughts on weddings. A dress that you wear once. <laughs> yep. And because we're in wedding territory... We're going to get lit up. Yeah, we up. see it all the time. No, I don't think we'll get lit up. No one's going to say anything because they probably all think the same thing. That's true. I hope. <laughs> well, that wraps us up this week. Yeah, um, and that wraps up our spooky season. Season one. Yes. Did I'm you have fun? More fun than I thought. Yeah. I was really nervous going into it, but it's been fun. And it's been nice to kind of have, like, know exactly what our month's going to be. That's mm-hmm. also nice. Yeah. Kind of... I feel like deviated a little bit away from pop culture just because we definitely branched out. I mean, we watched a movie every week, which is very pop culture, but we talked about some other things that are just not so pop culture. I don't know. We're going to get back into more pop culture on the radar. Yes. There's a lot of movies that have come out recently that we got to catch up on and Mm -hmm. be on top of. And then yes, we're coming into Christmas, which we'll have to do a whole Christmas movie at least one episode on Christmas movies. We'll, we'll do something Christmas related, I'm sure. And New Year's. So we're getting into the... Yeah, we're coming up on 2022. Yeah. Because let's just throw 2021 in the fire with 2020. And let's hope 2022 can... Remember, bring something new that's not so shitty. Yep. It's getting better. I feel like we are on our way up. I hope so. I feel like we are on the tail end. Yeah. Um. All right. Well... Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week. See you next week.